This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah al-qa'il. La khayra fi kathirin min najwahum illa man amara bi sadaqatin aw ma'rufin aw islahin bayna al-nas wa man yaf'al dhalika btigha'a marzatillah فسوف نؤتيه أجرا عظيما وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد All praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we praise him and we seek his assistance and we seek his guidance and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the adverse consequences of our deeds. We testify that whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, none can misguide and whomsoever he misguides, then none can guide. And we request praises and salutations upon the final messenger, Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I bear witness that there's no one worthy of worship besides one Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his messenger. My dearest brothers and sisters in Islam, I greet you with the greetings of Islam and the greetings of peace and the greetings of the people of paradise. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to another installment and episode, um, the Friday installment and episode, the virtual uh, installment and episode to try and make up for the Jumu'ah khutbah the beloved Jum'ah Khutbah, the weekly address that we have come to miss in physical fashion given the lockdowns and closures of our masajid this 2020 due to COVID-19. Um, Alhamdulillah, I speak to you with um, a sense of pleasure and a sense of happiness um, given that after this long period of time of, uh, you know, the masajid being indefinitely closed, alhamdulillah, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And in some countries, especially where I am, the masajid will be opened, inshallah. Um, for us, it will be this Sunday. And for others, they've already opened or are to open, inshallah, in the upcoming day. So we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for granting us access to his houses, which means that, inshallah, next week, Friday, if everything um, stays positive, we will be inshallah sitting for the actual the actual khutbah, the actual Friday address and we won't need uh, the virtual one but nonetheless inshallah there will still be a virtual da'wah taking place for us to benefit um, uh, outside of the scope of the physical benefit that we will get from our Islamic scholarship ta'ala. For today's moment with the messenger and his companions sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa radiyallahu anhum ajma'in I bring your attention to a hadith which is in Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim uh, the hadith of Sahal ibn Sa'ad al-Sa'idi radiyallahu an uh, from uh, the great men of the Ansar and the great men of al-Madina and he mentions uh, in, a, in, in, in a narration delivered to us, uh, as I said, it's found in, in Sahih al-Bukhari and Muslim. Um, he mentions in this report that um, the people of Quba, اقتتلوا, they began fighting with each other حتى to the extent that they started throwing stones on each other. And 
um, this news reached the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the narration says فَأُخْبِرَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ فَقَالْ إِذْهَبُوا بِنَا نُسْرِحُ بَيْنَهُمْ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to those who came to him uh, he said um, let's go together so that we can um, correct this wrong so that we can try and um, arbitrate and facilitate uh, uh, in this matter and create peace and harmony between them. No doubt they were from the Muslims. They were Muslim brothers um, who differed with Muslim brothers who now began fighting with Muslim brothers. And we see the Prophet ﷺ immediately taking action to uh, solve this difficulty. Now this narration is part of a longer narration. In other uh, longer narrations we find uh, more details mentioned such as the fact that uh, Sahal ibn Sa'ad, uh, he mentions Banu Amr ibn Auf. Banu Amr ibn Auf, um, between them, right? So between uh, this Batan, uh, Min Butun, Al Aus, we know that the, the, the Ansar were made up of two predominant tribes, the Aus and the Khazraj. And Al uh, Hafid ibn Hajar al Asqalani, in, in his um, monumentous explanation of Sahih al Bukhari, known as, as Fathul Bari, um, he mentions um, details pertaining to this particular incident by gathering the different narrations that he considers authentic in narration or in relation uh, to it. And um, he mentions um, uh, b- uh, this particular uh, group, Banu Amr ibn Auf. He mentions this particular group and specifies them. So this uh, was a uh, difficulty that um, occurred between uh, two groups of Muslims, no doubt. They had um, a difference of opinion between them, but then it escalated. Shaitan caused it to escalate. But if we look at the full narration, subhanAllah, we see further details, such as, the, uh, such as for example, the Prophet ﷺ, before he left to deal with this particular matter, he spoke to Bilal, radiallahu anh, the official uh, mu'addin of Masjid al-Nabawi, the official mu'addin of Masjid al-Nabawi, and he mentions to him uh, that if he is delayed, because we know that Quba, was 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 uh, further out. It's not as we have it today. MashaAllah, Medina is expanded so vastly that Quba is within uh, the city of Medina. But rather, it's a case whereby um, when they went to Quba, it was it was considered travel. They went out of Medina to get uh, to uh, to Quba. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he left instructions in place and he left his instructions with Bilal radiallahu anhu, the official muaddin of Masjid al-Nabawi and he said to him that if I am delayed then uh, inform or instruct Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, to lead the prayer. And it so happened as we have in, in, in some narrations that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa became delayed. Right? He was caught up in this matter. Yani he was... Uh, uh, he, he, I mean, uh, if we can physically say caught up in the matter because the matter wasn't solved in time. And now Salatul Asr kicked in as Al-Hafid ibn Hajar mentions in Fathul Bari. Uh, Salatul Asr came in and as a result of Salatul Asr coming in, uh, Bilal radiallahu an, he immediately informed Abu Bakr. In some narrations, he, inst- he, uh, he the, the actual words of Bilal to Abu Bakr are used in which Bilal is asking Abu Bakr by saying that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa has been delayed in this matter. Can you um, uh, observe the prayer? Lead, lead the Muslims in prayer. 
So um, given that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam already instructed him, and we see how Bilal is asking Abu Bakr radiallahu an here um, about this particular matter, this doesn't mean that Bilal wasn't taking care of the instruction of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam by making. Uh, by instructing Abu Bakr uh, to lead the prayer, because if he was already instructed, he would have just told Abu Bakr to lead the prayer. However, um, Bilal asks Abu Bakr, and the scholars, as Ibn Hajar over here mentions, in Fath al-Bari, he mentions that uh, Bilal, radiallahu anhu here, was basically um, inquiring, that, you know, uh, meaning the instruction was there, but he was inquiring, does Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu want to lead the salah, lead the Muslims in salah immediately now that the salah has kicked in, or does he want to wait a while? Which means Bilal instructed Abu Bakr. The Prophet ﷺ has instructed me that you lead. But when he said, will you lead? He is asking, do you want to do it now or do you want to wait a while? Maybe the Prophet ﷺ will come. But Abu Bakr said, yes, we can, uh, uh, we can conduct the prayer. And the prayer was, um, uh, or, or Bilal after announcing the adhan, uh, or proclaiming the adhan, he announced the iqama and the Muslims lined up. And when we look at the different narrations, we see that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he started the actual prayer. He started the actual prayer. And as he started the prayer, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa arrived. So he made it just before, we can say, instead of saying just in time, but just before time. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa started walking through the rows until he got to the front. Until he got to the front row. And... When the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in saw uh, Abu Bakr radiallahu, uh, saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam walking through them, they began clapping their hands to, to, to um, raise the awareness of Abu Bakr radiallahu that uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was around. However, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he had a, a, a strict habit and it was a good habit that once he started the prayer, he never looked to the right or to the left or paid to attention to anything outside of the prayer. And we have other narrations. Uh, in which the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam dispraised those who, meaning he didn't praise those who, uh, in their salah they they looked around, right? So they would uh, uh, they would uh, you know uh, they would not focus. They would look around. So Abu Bakr was very disciplined in his prayer, and he never paid attention to the claps. Uh, and then the claps got louder for more people started clapping. And in this occasion, or because of this happening, he understood that definitely something has happened. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu turned around whilst he was in the prayer and he saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam gestured to him to continue leading the prayer. But Abu Bakr rather raised his hands. Now raised his hands, the scholars, as Ibn Hajar mentions here, raised his hands means he raised his hands in dua and uh, he said, Alhamdulillah, right? Uh, and there's many fiqh rulings that we get from this narration as we can see. The concept of walking through the sufuf, who can, who can't. The concept of raising your hands whilst in the salah and saying, Alhamdulillah, does this nullify the prayer or doesn't it nullify the prayer? In any case, Abu Bakr raised his hands and said, Alhamdulillah, and then started, despite the Prophet ﷺ gesturing to him, he started taking steps backwards and then he assumed the place where the Prophet ﷺ was and uh, the Prophet ﷺ went forward and completed the prayer. Didn't start the prayer from the beginning, but rather completed the prayer. Subhanallah. Right? Uh, and then after the Prophet ﷺ completed the Salat al-Asr, he turned around as he would normally do, and he said to the people, that, oh people, you know, what is this concept of you raising awareness by clapping your hands? This is for the females. Raising awareness in Salah by clapping the hands is for the females. Right? 
because um, as many scholars say, the voice of a female is awra. It's something that shouldn't be presented unless there's, uh, there's a, a need. And with regards to salah, she has an alternative and that alternative is in her clapping. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa taught them what to say, to say subhanallah, to grab the attention of the imam, you say subhanallah. Um, and then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa turned to Abu Bakr and said, what is, you know, wh- what is the case with you? That you were instructed to continue with the prayer and you stepped back. And Abu Bakr said, oh messenger of Allah, it wasn't for me, uh, Ibn Abi Quhafa, it wasn't for me to lead the prayer whilst the messenger of Allah, subhanallah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was in the gathering. So here we see that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi, I mean this hadith is is filled with many with many lessons. The, the first lesson is obviously uh, related to the ayah that we used at the beginning of this virtual lecture. And uh, also uh, the initial narration that was discussed, which is subhanallah, making way to correcting the affairs of the believers, believers who are fighting with one another or, or who are experiencing dispute. But uh, aside of this, subhanallah, we have many lessons such as when the imam leaves, the imam is responsible for making sure the affairs of the masjid are in order. And the mu'adhin uh, is responsible for the masjid and announcing the adhan and ensuring that there's an imam who will lead the salah. And that the mu'adhin uh, takes care of the affairs of the imam in the absence of the imam. And takes care of the instructions of the imam in the absence of the imam. Like Bilal radiallahu anh did with the instruction of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in terms of engaging Abu Bakr radiallahu anh. Also, we learn uh, this concept of being allowed to walk through the sufuf to get to the front. Now, the scholars differed here, uh, saying, was this specific to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or wasn't it specific to him? And from the outset, you know, all laws of Islam are not specific to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam unless stipulated and specified. So we don't say this was specific to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam unless we have evidence. So we say that this wasn't specific to him, but people shouldn't break through the sufuf unless... There's a, a, the maslaha, the benefit of doing so beats the benefit of not doing so. And in this case, uh, we would say that, for example, you have people of knowledge or people uh, of the Quran, right? Um, by them being in the front or they having an authority of the Muslims, by their being in the front, there's a maslaha, there's a benefit that isn't, uh, that isn't there if they are not. And now that they are present, then they can make their way to the front. Why? In case something happens to the imam, he needs to leave the prayer, then those capable behind him can move forward. So they say that uh, in this particular circumstance, if the benefit of cutting through the sufuf to get to the front beats the benefit of, uh, or, or beats the harm of cutting through the sufuf, then... Uh, the benefit here takes uh, precedence because it's greater uh, in case, because by, by this happening, then the, the entire concept of the salah is protected. As we see here, Abu Bakr stepped back and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa stepped forward. Right? Uh, and uh, to Abu Bakr, this was a greater maslaha. Given the status and rank of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa had the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa been behind, this would have created greater disturbance to the salah. So uh, in any case, as a default rule, once the sufuf, the lines are, are met, then we shouldn't disturb the lines. And we know from other narrations how the Prophet ﷺ prevented the man who came for the Jum'ah prayer who was stepping over the people. Now this is outside of salah. They were listening to the khutbah, but he was stepping over the people to get to the front. The Prophet ﷺ told him to sit, for he has disturbed the gathering. Right. So by default, once the lines are set, then there should be no disturbance of the lines. We should take our position at the earliest available position 
uh, when we, uh, in terms of the congregation of the masjid. However, in terms of the imam arriving and the muaddin leading the prayer uh, and so on and so forth, in these um, uh, isolated uh, circumstances, then we see from the practice of the Prophet ﷺ that the imam has a choice to get to the front. Now, we also learn, subhanAllah, how the, uh, uh, saying alhamdulillah and raising your hands in dua, in salah doesn't break the salah and the scholars say because this is from the acts of salah. We know in the witr prayer there's the raising of the hands so it's part and parcel of the salah and saying alhamdulillah is part and parcel of the salah for in the fatiha we say alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. So the actions of Abu Bakr did not break his prayer and this turning around for need given uh, the attention that was uh, being sought uh, by the musallis behind the imam didn't break the salah as well and even this movement of Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr moving back and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa moving forward and continuing the prayer without starting it again it means the initial salah that was started by Abu Bakr was intact and it wasn't broken so subhanallah we see how many this one narration how many fiqh rulings subhanallah can be extracted uh, from it and uh, we also learned the concept of saying Alhamdulillah for the males in, in, in drawing the attention of the imam and the, uh, for females to clap if the imam uh, has made a mistake. Uh, and also the concept of da'wah and finding out how the Prophet wasallam after the prayer engaged. Um, he engaged wasallam the musallis and engaged, engaged Abu Bakr radiallahu and found out exactly what was happening with them and with Abu Bakr and why they did what they did despite uh, the circumstances being what they were. So subhanallah, this is a moment, a massive moment from the life of the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. Now, coming to the initial point, brothers and sisters in Islam, and this is the point of uh, being an arbitrator and solving uh, disputes and, and, and making an effort to do so. The Prophet ﷺ made an effort to do so because the Prophet ﷺ went to Quba. Right? And this meant that he was leaving salah in his masjid, which was 1,000 times better than salah anywhere else. La ilaha illallah. Shows us the importance of this matter. Especially if you are in a position of authority. You're a father in the home. You are a parent in the home. You are uh, in charge of the masjid. You have Allah has given you a status with the community. You should make an effort to solve these matters. Why? Because... If these matters are not solved, and especially at the beginning, it's only going to get worse and worse, and shaitan is going to use the circumstance as tools to sow greater disunity and discord amongst the com- amidst the community. And the more disunited the Muslims are, the more um, open their iman will be to attack, attack of, of the shayateen from the ins and the jinn. This is not the way of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And we see in the five pillars of Islam, how it's all about unity. The shahada unites us, gives us a greater unity, which is greater than the unity that is created through blood. Because the bond of the shahada is greater than the bond of, of blood, as we know. And then we have the salah. It unites us five times a day in a space. Right? Uh, then we have the zakah. It unites the rich with the poor. We have uh, the fasting as well. It unites people by uh, bringing the insaniyah, the humanity, and making humanity more profound in them that we can feel the plight of the underprivileged and so on and so forth. And then we have Hajj, which brings the entire ummah together, irrespective of race or place on earth. They all come together in this one space. So the five pillars of Iman, subhanAllah, they, they do an absolute, um, um, uh, they, they create an absolute process of bringing about unity. So unity is an objective from the objectives of La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, and the concepts that uh, bring harm to this unity are concepts that we as the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa we as people 
that collectively carry the legacy of the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam, we need to, brothers and sisters in Islam, engage. As soon as there are two people that have discord between them, we need to engage them. Right? As soon as we uh, come to know of two people that are having some form of disunity between them, we need to engage. And yes, at the end of the day, as the English saying goes, you can take the horse to the water, you can't force it to drink, but you need to engage. You might not be able to force them to come together, but your efforts are heavy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, that this concept of islah bain al-nas carries great rewards. In fact, in other narrations, brothers and sisters in Islam, we have reports from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, كُلُّ سُلَامَ مِنَ النَّاسِ عَلَيْهِ صَدَقَةً That every joint of our body uh, needs to give sadaqah. Every day. With the rising of the sun, every joint of our body needs to give sadaqah. And in some narrations, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us that the sadaqah is given by observing salatul duha. That if you observe the salatul duha, then that you get the rewards of every joint of your body giving sadaqah, subhanallah. And in other narrations, as we see in the narration of, uh, in Al-Bukhari and Muslim, um, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, يَعْدِلُ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ صَدَقَةِ That if whoever uh, uh, fixes the problems and corrects the affairs between the people, and here he says, nas. So it's not specific to the believers. nas means the believers as well as the disbelievers. Whoever uh, makes a way to go and correct the affairs between two quarreling parties, then no doubt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will consider their action, the action of a sadaqah, of them having given a sadaqah, subhanallah. And um, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and just to highlight this importance, brothers and sisters in Islam, of fixing the affairs between the believers, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he he prophesied um, a praiseworthy reality in relation to one of his grandsons, Al Hasan, in which the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Inna ibni hada Sayyid, that indeed this son of mine, meaning this grandchild of mine, uh, Ibn here means grandchild, is a Sayyid, is a leader. And perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will correct the affairs between two great parties using my grandson. And we know that uh, Al-Hasan radiallahu an, he gave up the khilafah, the leadership of the ummah to Muawiyah when there was a a, a great strife that was about to afflict the the, the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because of this matter of who will assume the khilafah and who will lead uh, the Muslims, who will, who will assume the leadership of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-Hasan had it, but he gave it without any recompense for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in unity to Muawiyah. And the scholars say that the fact that he did this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not wanting any benefit in this dunya, and for the sake of bringing the Ummah together, which is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah blessed him by making the Mahdi from his progeny. And the Mahdi, we know, the Ummah will uh, unite upon the Mahdi leading the Ummah and being the Khalifa of the, uh, of the Ummah, subhanAllah. So because he gave up the Khilafah and leadership of the Ummah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, brought from his progeny uh, someone who will assume that leadership, uh, subhanAllah. Uh, in any case, here we see the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, brothers and sisters in Islam, praising uh, Al-Hasan, right? For this uh, for this matter, 
that he will be a means of two great parties coming together. In fact, subhanAllah, this concept of bringing people together is so great that there's contingencies, there's concessions rather, in the sharia that permit uh, that assist us in being successful in bringing people together, such as the concession of not having to be totally truthful with your uh, with your words. You can do gymnastics with your words, right? When you're trying to bring uh, two parties together, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said uh, that uh, he never considered uh, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He never considered a person who might have done these gymnastics with the words wasn't absolutely true to what he was saying in his attempt to bring people together as a liar. He never considered this person uh, a liar. And we know uh, in another narration, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Uh, said that a person uh, is not considered to be lying when he speaks in trying to bring two people together. So he mentions things that are not absolutely true, but they have some truth. And in the way he mentions it, he is in, he, he is able to bring uh, people uh, together, right? So for example, uh, someone says, Wallahi, that guy, I hate him. He always says bad things about me. You say that, subhanAllah, uh, I, I don't think this is true. I don't think this is true. This person, he, he loves you. And you intend by it, the love that he had for this person before the problem started, right? So uh, you mention words that um, you, you, it's called a pun, playing a pun on words, right? So, and sometimes, subhanAllah, it goes beyond pun. You're not saying something where you intend a further meaning and this person understands the closer meaning. But, you, you know, you say it out of ghalabat al in the sense that you say it with your confidence that had this not been a problem, they would have loved each other. So you say, subhanAllah, I'm sure this person loves you. And from my interaction with him, he loves you. What we need to do is solve this problem. So you're not being entirely truthful, but the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has placed a teaches us a concession here that Subhanallah, a person in his or her attempt to bring two parties together, if they're not absolutely truthful in what they say, then Subhanallah, this person is not considered a liar, right? Because the benefit of bringing them together is greater than the harm of the concept of lying. Just like the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam forbid it not being truthful or not being honest during war as a war tactic. Or for example, how the Prophet ﷺ brought a concession between what a husband and a wife tell each other. Right? For example, when the husband says, you're the most beautiful person I've seen, or the wife says, I love you more than anything on earth. Yeah, uh, it, it might not be entirely true. Right? Um, however, this is not considered to be a lie. These are concessions that the Sharia puts in place for the sake of uh, achieving the greater benefit. And, he, and, and in terms of our discussion, brothers and sisters in Islam, today's moment with the Messenger وسلم, and his companions, no doubt, is one of bringing people together. And I think we've shared much to, to, to highlight, subhanAllah, what a great uh, act of worship and sadaqah doing so is. Sometimes, subhanAllah, we feel that we don't want to get involved. And we shouldn't, brothers and sisters in Islam, we should get involved. Sometimes, if you feel you don't have the tools to get involved, then you should get involved, at least with dua, that you raise your hands and you ask from Allah, Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? This is from uh, this is from Islah. But subhanAllah, we find ourselves in a circumstance, a situation whereby I can't solve it, it's not my problem, and we carry on life as if it's not a problem in the first place. As if our brothers or people of our community, whether they're believers or disbelievers, having a dispute with each other, as if it's not our problem. No, this is not the way of a believer. This is not the way of those who carry the legacy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam collectively. We get involved, brothers and sisters in Islam, in our capacity. If we can't use our hand, we use our tongue. If we can't use our tongue, at least we use our heart. We make dua. So we must get involved. And this is a, this is a form of taking care of the sadaqah of that day. And we say, Ya Allah, subhanAllah, two people are, uh, are disputing and this dispute could lead to greater harm. Ya Allah, please solve this problem. Ya Allah, please bring uh, their hearts together.
right? So this is a form of islah. But if you can't do it with your tongue, then dua is not enough. You have to do the dua and then you have to go ahead with also uh, with, 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 with speaking out and involving yourself because you have the ability to do so. And if you can use your hand, meaning you are, you're an authority, then you step in with your, uh, with your authoritativeness or your executive uh, independence and you prevent this problem from uh, escalating. Right? So this is the concept of Islah. And Alhamdulillah, brothers and sisters in Islam, during the month of Ramadan, we have been correcting our affairs with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and so on and so forth. But brothers and sisters in Islam, uh, we also need to correct our affairs with the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with the ibad, with the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to correct our affairs, Islah also. Uh, correct our affairs with our environments. Right? So we need to look at this as we move into Shawwal, away from Ramadan, to be sure that we take care of, uh, yes, I mean, we've been, we've, we've been speaking about the importance of us putting ourselves in positions of arbitrating and fixing uh, matters between people. But we also are involved in disputes with people, right? So we should make, if we can't fix that dispute because the other party is not willing, we should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at least, right? Because this is us manifesting how we understand how important islah and correcting matters between people actually is and however it is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let us think about this. If we have our brother or our sister who we find difficulty speaking to because of things that they've done uh, to us, let's ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to assist us, to grow our heart to a level where we can engage them, even if it's in the bare minimum, but we can still engage them. It's not a case where we block them and then we ignore their messages and we, you know, uh, and subhanallah, we all human beings, brothers and sisters in Islam, and life is a test. You know, some people, subhanallah, they, they, um, uh, they, they're different. Yeah, and he, uh, if, if they lose trust with you, they block you in all capacity and they're not willing to forgive you, even though you accept that you've made a mistake, even though you accept that uh, it's your mistake and you've sought forgiveness. They're still not interested. This is a test from Allah. What can you do? You can make dua for yourself and make dua for them. Sometimes they're unreasonable. But we shouldn't, this concept of islah should not get us to become arrogant where we say it's their problem. It was their fault and they're being unreasonable. They can live with it. We shouldn't get to that. That's not the speech of a believer. That's not the speech of a person upon the sunnah. If we're upon the sunnah, we say the situation is what it is and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala correct all affairs. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on my brother. And may Allah have forgive me for anything that I did to create this issue with my brother. And so on and so forth. We should speak words that are closer to the sunnah than uh, words that come across as us supporting ourselves. We don't support ours, ourselves at the expense of the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Rather, we are callers to Islam and not callers to ourselves. So I wanted to highlight this, brothers and sisters in Islam, in what is possibly our last uh, Friday moment with the moments of the Messenger ﷺ. Perhaps in the future we can continue the series, but it will be in a different format. It won't be as a Friday virtual quote-unquote khutbah because inshallah uh, where I am our masajid will open so I will be at the, Jum- at the Jumu'ah prayer and I think and I hope inshallah uh, or I believe that inshallah where you guys are inshallah uh, also uh, reformations will be taking place and masajid will be opening in some capacity so inshallah you will be hearing uh, the Friday lecture which is an important lecture in terms of bringing the necessary calibration that we need every week directly from the pulpit directly from the member, And at this juncture, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the internet, for the virtual ability, for programs that help us uh, stream. We can be in one place, but subhanAllah, reach the four corners of the globe. There's a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no doubt, we all know the importance of the internet, but we've realized it uh, even more now 
given subhanallah the concept of corona and what it's done in, in bringing people into lockdown it's made people accessible from the most private spaces of their homes so we thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the internet we thank uh, green lane masjid mashallah for this initiative in um, stepping in very fast as soon as the masajid were closed in ensuring that um, these Friday lectures happen in some capacity for mainly their congregation and then anyone else who wants to benefit from the wider community. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the understanding. We discussed many lessons, brothers and sisters in Islam, throughout our journey with the moments with the messenger and his companions. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa radiallahu anhum ajma'in. Today we had the lesson of islah and correcting the affairs between the believers. We've spoken about uh, taqwa, we've spoken about uh, the concept of tawakkul and putting our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We've spoken about the concept of burning in and not burning out in terms of the way forward after Ramadan. We've spoken about the last 10 days of Ramadan and its importance in terms of the month of Ramadan and also after Ramadan and Laylatul Qadr and so many topics Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us to learn from taking snippets from the life of the messenger and his companions and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the lectures that we heard not just information that's in our mind and we consider uh, interesting but rather information that we process and it becomes part and parcel of our improvement, of our nature, of our physical self, so that slowly but surely we be, we becoming closer and closer to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Brothers and sisters in Islam, I love you all for the sake of Allah, and everything correct said is from Allah subhanahu wa taala alone, and He is perfect, and any mistakes are from myself and Shaytan, and I ask Allah subhanahu wa taala's uh, forgiveness. I love you all for the sake of Allah. Taqabbal Allah minna wa minkum salih al-amal. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.